Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash Retro. Episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins, and my name is Derek Diamond. So I, I guess uh, <clears throat> we should just go ahead and start off with a Tears of the Kingdom update for this week. <laughs> Your weekly Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> update, as presented by the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. We're going to change our name to uh, Nerd Cave TOTK. <laughs> Pretty much. We either have a drastic increase in listenership or a drastic decrease. It wouldn't be just moderate. It'd go one way or the other in a yeah. drastic sense. But uh, but that's <clears throat> that's all I've been playing. I mean, other than what I'll be reviewing next week, which I played for a few hours yesterday, and uh, we'll we'll save that for next week because we talked a little bit about it pre-show. Who oh, man? Oh man! I'm gonna have to look up some gameplay because it. Mm. It sounds interesting. I'll uh, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, so, ha- how have you been faring in in Tears of the Kingdom? Um, <clears throat> every time I, I, I I'm trying not to do the main quest because I don't want to finish too quickly with the main quest. So I've been trying to just do like side quests and exploring. And every time I start to do a side quest, I find another quest chain that I come across while I'm doing that side quest. And then I spend three hours doing this chain quest. And then I remember, oh, I was here to do that one thing and never do the thing I set out to do. So I, there's just too much to do in the game. There's just too much to do. It's the side quest that spawn off into other side quests. <laughs> and then you've got the quest within the quest. Literally in that game, there's nowhere you can go on the map. Just like, I just like to go out exploring. Just exploring and just see what's around. I'll come across so much stuff to do just in one little corner of the map that I've never been to before and find like eight hours worth of stuff to do. That game is amazing. It's, I shudder to think how many hours I've put into it. I haven't looked yet, but <laughs> it, it's, if it hasn't hit a hundred yet, it has to be really close. Like, like the, take for example, yesterday I was just out exploring and I came across, <clears throat> got to the edge of the map down in the south wet, uh, southeast corner of the map. I was on the beach and I saw some debris from looked look like a shipwreck. So I was like, I'm going to go over there and check that out. And I came across a message in a bottle. All right. So it says, hey, um, I'm in this cave. Look for, you know, uh, I, I've left a trail of bright bloom seeds and blah, blah, blah. And I stay off in the distance. There's like debris all out in the water. Like there was a shipwreck. 
then I see a a a island off in the distance. So I was like, I can make it out there. So I start swimming, and then I end up dying halfway there because I'm horrible at judging distances in the game. So I ended up going back to the beach when I came back, made a boat, went out there, found a guy on the beach who's like, hey, I was here to clean out these pirate there's there's three pirate uh forts here on the island can you clear them out for me i cleared those out then i i had to go find on the other side the back side of the island there's a whole freaking pirate ship in there i had to go take care of and i found a a shrine out there and there and ended up spending like four hours on this island didn't even didn't even do the 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 message in a bottle that I got like, <laughs> and even do that. Like I found too much other stuff to do. What's sad is when you said message in a bottle, my mind instantly went to the police song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raven in the chat room. What's up, man? Yeah. Hey, Raven. We got a full chat room tonight. I yeah. Like so I've done the opposite of what you did. So <laughs> I, I was a little farther behind on the main quest than you were. So I beat the, um, the, uh, lightning temple. But there's there's more to it before you like you don't just get all the sages and then go fight Ganondorf. There's a little more in between that that I won't spoil for you in case you haven't made it that far. But I've gotten to where like the main quest objective is simply stated destroy Ganondorf. So you find out where he is and he's in the the depths right below Hyrule Castle. So I fly out there go all the way down like right beneath the castle and i'm looking at the map and i'm seeing you know the little glowing yellow dot that tells you where you're supposed to go Mm -hmm. but of course mr ganondorf is nowhere to be found so like okay i'm gonna have to do a little exploring so i find these um the like likes that are attached to the wall they're the kind that that spit out um electric balls at you Mm -hmm. so kill them and i find this little hole and i jump in it and I can't remember what they're called, but they're like those these giant things that crawl all over the ceiling. They've got long red hair. Mm, yeah. There's like five or to seven of them in this little little cave. <laughs> so I kill all of them because having all the sages helps because they actually fight as well, right. which is really cool. So I kill all of them and I'm looking around and I'm like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And then I see this little hole in the ceiling. So I climb up that. And then I get shot by an arrow and there's a freaking Lionel in the cave. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not ready to fight Ganondorf. (laughs) So I teleport out and just start doing side quests. Yeah, I actually was running out of of, uh, arrows and stuff the other day. And so I went to, um, what's that one kind of main hub there right in front of the castle that you go to? Um, oh, it's the the lookout, yeah, like the, the Hyrule lookout town or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that that place where you can go and you can like turn in your your seeds and like expand your uh, your inventory and all that, and you can buy right. all kind of stuff. Well, I went down into the uh, underground bunker area, and there is a wall you can go through where there is uh you know there's a statue down there that you can uh, get a heart from or whatever you want, but you have to. Dude, I forgot it. You can exchange a heart for a st- piece of your stamina wheel or vice versa. Yeah, I did that earlier in the game and forgot about it. And then I went back down there. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this hole. I think there was something else down there I wanted to see. Well, there's rocks, like a, t- a tunnel that you can bust through the rocks and go through all the... There's a whole other underground tunnel system all the way to the castle from that point like just twists and turns like you can get lost down there i found um i that's where i found some of the the soldier's armor was down in there i found like the soldier's armor and the greaves down there i'm like this place is crazy it just we see now why it took 6 years for this game to come out yeah like they they have put so much work into this game like i understand there's a lot of people out there who don't like Legend of Zelda and just don't like the games, don't like anything about it. To me, I I mean, I'm gonna argue this is a better game than Breath of the Wild and might be one of the best games ever made. I I already think it's better than Breath of the Wild. There's more to do. The story is much more interesting to me. Not that the storyline in Breath of the Wild was bad, 
there's just so many more layers and twists and turns that you don't expect. Uh, especially if you um, have you found all of the dragons tears, uh, all but two, I think I still got two left to get. Well, you can probably guess where the story's going, but it, it's mm. it's pretty sad. I can I'll just say that it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty sad so far. Yeah, but it's um, it, it, yeah, it's an incredible. It, it's definitely my game of the year, and, and it's one of my favorite Zelda games ever. And then the Sky Islands. Like I haven't even scratched the surface of the Sky Island. I went I found one the the other day or uh, and just ended I went, went to this one archipelago's island like just by kind of sheer accident. While I was there, I found two treasure maps that led me down to the depths where I found some more uh I finished the miner's suit where you have this whole suit with, like, you know, uh, glowing um, light bulbs and stuff all over it, even a helmet that has yeah. light bulbs on it. And now when I go into, down into the depths, I'm just like this gl- huge glowing uh, little dude down in there. I can see, like, 50 feet in every direction, no matter if it, how dark it is. Yeah, that, that suit does really come in handy. Yeah, that uh, I I just don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's an amazing game so far. It's one of the the most enthralling games I've ever played in my life. Oh, absolutely. And Tyler says it best that video that plays after you get the final tier got me choked up a bit. Same. Yeah. Like I I, I knew what was going to happen, but it was still <laughs> impactful when it did. Don't let me don't don't spoil it. I know it's. I, I, I won't. I know That's all I'm going to say. A, I know we're headed to a, a bad place with that because <laughs> it's the story so far is like, oh man, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's kind of like <clears throat> every time I get one, it's almost like it's a to be continued. And I'm like, damn it, now I got to go find the other ones. That that's one of the first things I did was I I found all of those. Um, they're like hieroglyphs. I can't remember what they're called in yeah. the in the game, but yeah, I, I've that was one of the first things I did was find all of them because like of, I, after I found the first one, I had to know what happened. Most of them I found from when I was just looking around the map and unlocking all the towers, and you go mm-hmm. way up in the air and you just kind of look around and see, you see where them. they're at, and then you just head straight for it. Yeah, but if, for people who don't like that game, who hurt you? Like who? Who hurt you that you don't like these type of games? It's so good. It, it, yeah, that's that's all I'll say. <laughs> but uh, but that's a, that's gonna that's about it for our uh, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom update for the week. Are we ready to go into the news for this week? Yes, sir. Here we go. Tonight's news stories were submitted to us by Mr. Armez Jackson, I am the Rampage, and Mr. Tyler Watson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. This first story comes from NintendoLife.com. Yes, I agree to your cookies. Uh, Takaya Imamura says, F-Zero hasn't been revived because Mario Kart is Nintendo's most popular racing game. Um, let's see... Uh, he says he he is the artist and designer behind uh, the characters of Captain Falcon and Fox McCloud. He shared his thoughts about Nintendo's possible reasoning during an interview with VGC. He thinks because Mario Kart is Nintendo's main focus, being the company's most popular racing game. That translates to sales as well. With the latest entry, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on Switch, uh, shifting more than 53 million units to date, According to Inamura, a new F-Zero could cost a fortune. As for F-Zero getting less attention than series like Star Fox, this is apparently tied to Shigeru Miyamoto's love of this particular series. Uh, he said, and they asked him, so why do you think F-Zero gets less attention um, than Star Fox? And Takaya uh, Tuk- Imamura, I think it's because Mario Kart is Nintendo's most popular racing game and a new F-Zero would cost a fortune. My impression is that Miyamoto-san is very affectionate about Star Fox. So I guess that's kind of the nail in the coffin for any uh, F-Zero hopefuls out there right now. But the thing that draws my attention more than that is that they're talking about Miyamoto's love of Star Fox. They haven't done anything we Star haven't, Fox. We haven't seen a Star Fox game in years. 
So are so, they working like, on a Star Fox game right now? Is that what that I means? Would, I would hope so. Like why why not do a a remaster of Star Fox 64? Yeah, that's that was one of the most popular games for that console back then. And the sequels that have spawned off of that, like they've been okay, but they haven't been able to quite capture that magic. But yeah, this is unfortunate. Like I I get it. You know, at the end of the day, it's a business and maybe they figure that the sales don't justify the amount it would take to make the games. But it is still a shame, though. Yeah. And I mean, people could say, well, it's a racing game, but they're, they're completely different styles of racing. Oh, no, you're you're right. But he even said at the end of the article, he says he uh, previously mentioned how F-Zero would require a grand idea in order to be revived for a new generation. Here's an idea. How about making it a uh, uh, an online sort of like a, like an online, um, what do they call those games now? Like Fortnite, stuff like that. What's the... Oh, crap. What do they call those type of games? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look that up because it's like right on the tip of my tongue. I don't know why. Why I can't think of it. <laughs> See, we do the show on Monday oh, and, night when my brain doesn't work. Oh, and and Tyler's right. They did remake Star Fox sixty four for the three DS. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Rampage in the See, chat room. Rampage. Uh, you know, Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Like, why couldn't they do a Battle Royale style online game with F Zero? where you're on the track with, you know, 10, 20 other people at any one given time. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I get that you got to do something different with with F-Zero, but you don't know if it's going to do well unless you actually put forth the effort in making it and putting it out there. Exactly. So why not but, do it? And if it fails... You, uh, you, you're Nintendo. You have enough money to fail on a few things. Yeah, that's true. Our next story comes to us from NintendoEverything.com. Taito LD Game Collection announced for the Switch. Uh, Taito is supporting Switch with yet another release and just announced Taito LD Game Collection. In Japan, it will release on December 14th of this year. There's no word yet on a Western launch, but that will likely follow at a later date. TimeGal HD Remaster, Space Battleship Yamato HD Remaster, and Revenge of the Ninja HD Remaster will all be included, and they previously debuted in arcades as Laserdisc games. Hmm. Uh, It will be sold physically and digitally, including a special edition. The latter comes with a special Blu-ray disc, document collection, uh, Reika Reproduction Mini Standee, TimeGal Reproduction Mini Poster, Revenge of the Ninja Pamphlet Reprint, Sound app download code and a code to download TimeGal Reverse. Decent amount of extra content for yeah. those that will um that want the the special edition. I'll be honest, I haven't heard of most of uh, most of these. Much like the other Taito collection that came out, a lot of these Japanese releases just didn't make it over here. But it'd be interesting no, and- to try them out, though. Yeah, it would be. If it's releasing in Japan in December, maybe January yeah, or February for for the U.S. It's usually not too far behind. I would imagine this will, will get a, a Western release. I don't know that I'll pick it up just because I don't really know anything about any of these games. But, yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to learn more. Maybe if they had, like, uh, you know, you could try them out a little bit before purchasing. Yeah. And this next story comes from also from NintendoLife.com. Nintendo has apparently retired its Gulf War Game Boy. Um, Nintendo was known in its earlier years of video game development for its durable and long lasting hardware, but one system that trumped all was the legendary Game Boy. In fact, there's one famous Game Boy, as you might recall, that was damaged in a bombing during the Gulf War and still works. It has apparently been retired from active duty. Uh, VGA, VG Art and Tidbits on Twitter asked one of the Nintendo New York store employees about it after not seeing it on display and was informed the famous handheld had been returned to Nintendo's headquarters in Redmond, Washington. Um, let's see. 
console originally belonged to Dr. Stephen Scoggins, a medic that was deployed during Operation Desert Storm in 1990-1991, and his Game Boy was completely burnt during the Gulf War. It could still turn on. After he returned from the war, the Game Boy unit was displayed at the Nintendo NYC store. As a testament of the system's durability, Nintendo gave Dr. Scoggins a replacement Game Boy as a special Desert Storm courtesy. And if I know if you've never heard of this, you've at least seen it before, because like this is the most famous Game Boy on the planet. You've you've seen this somewhere. Yeah, this was a big deal when mm-hmm. when this happened, because I remember, you know, even back in the day hearing about it and that it just it, it's crazy to think that a handheld console <laughs> withheld a bombing in a war. Just wrap your brains around that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know of like a modern console that would be able to handle that. No, I mean, my Xbox three, I went through like three Xbox three sixties and all it did was sit on my shelf and they kept red ringing. Like you think that's going to withstand a bombing somewhere. I would love to see this in person one day. It'd be cool. I mean, it's yeah, definitely a famous game boy. I mean, this thing has been, uh, I mean, just this was in Nintendo power. At the time, mm-hmm. if you remember, yep. like this thing is famous. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be in dis- like on display at Nintendo's headquarters. I mean, I, I would hope that it would. I'm be. sure it will be. But yeah, uh, that's, Tyler, that, it's on my list one day is to to at least take a picture of the outside of uh, yeah. Nintendo's <laughs> headquarters in Redmond. And uh, Tyler in the chat room says, Space Battleship Yamato was an anime that got released in the U.S. in the 80s as Star Blazers. Do you remember Star Blazers? Never really got big into anime. I remember Star Blazers when I was a kid. I don't know if I ever watched it, though, but I do remember that. Interesting. Uh, This next story comes to us from Blockworks.co. Sega exec Ice's blockchain gaming plans calls play-to-earn boring. Uh, Gaming veteran Sega has announced a strategic retreat from its blockchain initiatives to avoid what it's calling a devaluation of its content. Tokyo headquartered studio, famous for titles including Sonic the Hedgehog and Virtua Fighter, won't be incorporating blockchain or crypto in its products anytime soon, according to co-chief operating officer Shuji Utsumi. Sega is also suspending plans to develop its blockchain-based games. Many had anticipated the company would follow rivals Ubisoft and Square Enix in exploring blockchain, NFTs, and potentially crypto. Uh, Usumi told Bloomberg, the action in play-to-earn games is boring. What's the point if games are no are no fun? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Finally, somebody is... Calmer heads are prevailing in this whole blockchain gaming thing. Are NFTs still even a thing? I guess I haven't heard of. I haven't heard that that acronym in months, dude. Crypto bros and NFTs have gone back into their holes. Like you don't hear too much from them anymore. No, I I think Tom Brady lost like. 20 or 30 million dollars in cryptocurrency well, how many people how many people did he cause to lose money by doing those stupid commercials like not only tom brady but uh matt damon like every yeah. time i went to the freaking movies for like two years i saw his stupid ass up on screen going fortune favors the bold how much money did you make people lose because of that crap and for them it was like nothing yeah he probably didn't even put any money in. He's just like, oh, you're going to cut me a check for a million dollars to do this commercial? Okay. What sure. Is, what is crypto? <laughs> like, he probably didn't even know what he was hawking. Yeah, and, and now Tom Brady's making his money back by doing uh, rental car commercials. Oh, Tyler in the chat room says, I heard recently that NFT bros are getting their apes repossessed because they use them as collateral on loans. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) That that hurts. That's what happens when you bet on space money. Well, it's like that old saying, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. 
Uh, and our last story comes from TheVerge.com. Sega, uh, Sega workers form largest multi-department video game union in the U.S. Workers at Sega of America, representing multiple departments, have voted to form a union, with 91 employees voting yes out of a total number of 212 eligible employees. The Allied Employees Guild Improving Sega, also known as AEGISCWA, becomes the fifth video game union in the United States and its largest multi-department video game union. We are overjoyed to celebrate our union election when, as members of Aegis CWA, uh, said in press con- Angel-, Angel Gomez, a translator for Sega, said in a press release announcing the news. Now, through our union, we'll be able to protect the parts of our jobs we love and strengthen the benefits, pay, and job stability available to all workers. Now, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like unions, but at the same time, have you seen how these poor video game people are treated? I, it's a good thing. Unions can be a good thing. Hope for Sega's sake they don't go on strike. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you hear that um, SAG might go on strike on uh, Wednesday? I was wondering when that was going to happen. That if that happens, that's going to screw a lot of things up out yeah. in Hollywood. Well, let's. <clears throat> I, I'm going to save a lot on uh, subscriptions here in the next year or so <laughs> because there's going to be nothing to watch at all. Yep. So if you're a content yeah, but- creator, you might do well to get your YouTube channels started up now, so that we all have stuff to watch here in the next six to six to nine months. Yeah, but back to back to the story. I, I'm with you. I think it's a good thing. You know, you I, it helps protect the workers, and a lot of companies and corporations don't do that. So, I think it's a good thing. Personally. Am I hearing stuff? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Oh. I'm sorry, I thought I was hearing there, things. I'm like, I'm going. Am I, am I going crazy? <laughs> I was kind of curious as to what's going on in your neck of the woods now. <laughs> I hear all kind of stuff going on outside. That's what I get for living in an apartment complex. At least they're not mowing the lawn today. Oh, Brandon Rutledge is oh, in the chat. Hey, oh, welcome, on, sir. Man? Welcome back, yeah, sir. Welcome. But uh, but that's gonna do it for. Sorry about the derailment there for a second. Uh, I was I was just hearing things. But uh, now we're ready for this month in video game history. In July of 1987, Nintendo releases Kid Icarus in North America. I still have yet to play a Kid Icarus game. Funny enough. It's not that fun. I mean, as much as I like the idea of Kid Icarus, it's not that fun of a game. I've tried to play it numerous times over the year and over the years, and it's just not, I can't, I don't get very far in it just because it's, I don't know, it's just not great. It's one of those games that, like, I think it's an iconic game in the sense that, like, you think of it for the NES. But it doesn't seem like it really has the staying power of like a Mario or a Zelda or a Metroid. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those classic games because it is one of the first, you know, games for the uh, that was available for the NES in ni- what, 1985 or six. 
it's one of those original, you know, gray box games. But it just, it doesn't have, it just does not hold up all that well. And there's a lot of people out there who love Kid Icarus, but I just could never get into that game. No, it's just, and there was one, and it mentions here that, you know, Kid Icarus Uprising was released for the 3DS in 2012. And that that was like 20 years after mm-hmm. the second Kid Icarus game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the the man just, wasn't there, I guess. You know, if they were going to do a Kid Icarus game, they should have made it sort of like, um, what was that game that came out a couple of years ago that was kind of a ripoff of uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? Um, oh, man, what's the, the name of, of the Wild? Game? It's not, it's, people will know what I'm talking about. It's, a, it's almost, it's only a couple of years old, but you play as like this Greek, uh, God with wings, and you're going around the map, uh, <laughs> like almost like you're going to shrines and stuff. Like, what game is that? What what game am I thinking of? Am I going crazy? Um, I'm trying to think. While while you look it up, I'll, I'll read the next one. Okay. <laughs> uh, July 27th of 1989, Nintendo releases Mother in Japan, the first of a trilogy of role playing games produced by celebrity writer Shigesato Itoi. Oh, uh, Tyler says Immortals Phoenix Rising. That's it. Immortals. I knew it was was rattling around the brain there. Couldn't grab a hold of it. But for those who don't know, uh, Mother 2 was released in the U.S. as Earthbound Mm -hmm. and uh, is one of my favorite games for the Super Nintendo. There was a sequel to it that was released in Japan and is still to this day. It has a pretty, I won't say large, but a pretty rabid fan base that is wanting that game to be released in the U.S. Why it hasn't, I have no idea. Who knows with Nintendo? Yeah, we don't know what they, why they do what they do. They they do Nintendo things, and that's yeah. not always a good thing. But yeah, like I was saying, if they could they could have easily made a Kid Icarus game in the same vein of like Immortals Phoenix Rising, because that's what that game reminds me of. Like that should have been Nintendo's version of Kid Icarus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, July 27th of 1990, Nintendo releases Dr. Mario for three Nintendo platforms. Somebody check that dude's license. I don't think he's a uh, he's a licensed pr- uh, medical practitioner. I'd like to look in his uh, in his closet and see like his fake doctor's license, <laughs> his face, his fake like referee license or whatever, because he's done so many things. And we don't know if he's qualified to do any of them. I love but some Dr. Dr. Mario. Mario is a fun game. I love that game so much. I actually like Dr. Mario better than Tetris, but that's just me. I love Tetris, but if I had to pick between the two, I'm going Dr. Mario all day. No, I can, I can respect that. And finally, July 26th of 1999, Mario Golf is released for the N64 in North America. I never played Mario Golf. I was a big fan of Mario Tennis, but I haven't delved into too many of the Mario sports games. But I know people that played Mario Golf that that loved it. People still love that game. They still talk about it to this day. But yeah, I was never a big fan of the sports titles. I want to play the Mario soccer game. One day, like it, it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> but Mario uh, Strikers. Oh yeah, I never played that either. But uh, before we go into the review for tonight, Derek, would you like to do our Patreon shoutouts? As always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout out Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mister B Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland. Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armas Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and Mama Diamond herself, Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, that's cheaper than gas station coffee. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about the big cups. I'm talking about <laughs> the ones that are like the size of my hand. Yeah. And I have small <laughs> hands. So that should tell you how how much 
little you have to pay to get a lot of cool content, including early access to our fun commentary tracks, like the the long-awaited Batman 89 track that we did uh, for last month. And we've currently got a poll-up uh, that you can vote on if you're a patron to decide our commentary for this month. Uh, we've got some cool choices. We've got uh, was it the Rock and Wrestling mm-hmm. cartoon, Darkwing Duck, and Young Indiana Jones. And right now, Darkwing Duck is in the uh, the lead. So if you're a three dollar and up patron, you get to vote for the uh, the commentary track. So right now, Darkwing Duck is in the lead. I'm actually shocked by that. <laughs> but, I know. Uh, I was yeah. kind of hoping my Rock and Wrestling would win because I haven't seen that show in thirty something years. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched it. I, I watched it on VHS when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was on VHS. So, um, yeah, if you want to head over and uh, be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash retro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. And tonight, Derek is going to be talking about... Yeah, it's. Uh, I was curious as to what track you were gonna you were gonna select because well, I, I I'll selected get into the... really the longest one because most of the tracks for that game are like seven seconds long. Yeah, well, I have some things to say about the music, <laughs> but I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so I was telling Jason before we started the show that there are games that I can remember playing as a kid. But I never thought that when we started doing this podcast that I would go back and talk about them. And this is one of them. And the game that I'm going to be talking about is Tales Adventure, which is a platform game developed by Aspect and published by Sega in 1995 for the Game Gear. The game stars Tales from the Sonic the Hedgehog series in a solo adventure as he collects an array of items to help him explore Coco Island and defeat the em- enemies inhabiting it. So. It's been documented. I've been a huge Sonic fan really since Sonic has been in existence. So anything Sonic related, I wanted to get my hands on. And I thought the Game Gear games were fun. Not as fun as the Genesis games, but I still enjoyed them. And I remember this game coming out. And I thought it was interesting because I'm sure you remember, but even back then, there were people that were clamoring for Luigi to Mm -hmm. get his own game. Yeah. Eventually, we got that with Luigi's Mansion, but Tails got his game uh, several years before that. The short, the short thought of this game is that if you could take the entire dynamic of Sonic and its gameplay and do the complete opposite, <laughs> you have Tails Adventure. It is a nonlinear, very slow and methodical game. It plays similar to like, and when I say non-linear, it plays similar to like a a Metroid where you can backtrack mm-hmm. in certain areas because what you have to do is that the gameplay is completely different than Sonic. Tails moves at a pretty slow pace and you do get to fly for a limited amount of time, but when you start the game, Tails can only fly for like three or four seconds before he you're meter runs out because as soon as you start flying this little meter pops up on the left side of your screen 
and there's barely anything in it whenever you begin the game. So it's really kind of useless in the beginning. But you can find um, the Chaos Emeralds throughout the game, and for each emerald you find, it increases your ring count because you can start by only being able to hold 10 rings at a time. If you get hit by an enemy, you only lose like one or two. So it's not like Sonic where you lose all of them. But if you lose all of them, you die. The more emeralds you find, the more rings you can hold. So if you find a a Chaos Emerald, it bumps up your total from 10 to 20 and also increases your flight meter. So then you can actually fly for a decent duration of time. I There are things that I do like about this game. And funny enough, the style of gameplay is one of them. And when I say that, I like the idea of finding different items to help you throughout the game because it fits Tails' character. Like, Tails is a... He's a mechanic. He's mm. really smart. Like, he's near Robotnik level of intelligent. So I think tapping into that aspect of Tails' personality makes sense. But why and there are this some... for the game gear, though? Like, this seems like... If you're going to do a Metroidvania-style game, you know, a huge game where you're looking for stuff and you're backtracking, that should be something you're going to want to play on a console. Not some little three-inch screen that that takes up, you know, your batteries last like eight minutes on on the Game Gear. Like, why would you put this game on a Game Gear? On that, that's one of the points that I wanted to make is that I think had this been released for the Genesis, I don't know that it would have sold as good as a Sonic game, but it would have sold better mm-hmm. than what it did for the Game Gear. Because there are some cool items you get. So in, when you beat the first boss, like you, you start out with one item. You have these bombs that you can throw at enemies. When you beat the first boss, you get this um, remote-controlled robot that you can use to go through you know, small caverns and areas that you can't reach just as tails. And then f- from there, you can get other items, like um, you get a remote bomb, where you can throw it, but it doesn't detonate until you hit um, the same button that you used to throw it, which is a cool item. And there are um, Sonic and Knuckles power-ups. Funny enough, if you get the Sonic power-up, you can do the spin dash. And if you get the Knuckles one, you can throw punches. Mm. So I, I like the aspect of backtracking and exploring and you know using the items that you find to explore new areas the game's not that long i was able to complete it in like like two hours Hmm. maybe a little bit less than that which is is kind of expected because it's a handheld game like you're not going to get this really long adventure with a sonic character that's that's going to take several hours i'm just so confused on why if you had this style of game where you're going to do something like this, where you're going to have a Metroidvania-style game, where he, uh, why not, and you have Tails, who, you know, is this genius and can build things, why not make it to where you can, uh, you know, have things in an inventory, build certain things to take on certain bosses, get to, you know, hidden areas and things like that. Why not expand it out and make it a Genesis game? Because I I feel like Tails was a, a strong enough character to carry a title on the Genesis if you were to just put it out there. Yeah, and I I think so too. And maybe that would have been something that could have been done had it been made for the Genesis. I I don't think the the Game Gear would have been able to handle that. Well, I mean, you could have had the Genesis version, but then you sort of have like a dumbed-down version for the Game Gear. I mean, they did that a lot for the Nintendo. Yeah, you know, the NES yep. and the Game Boy, you would have the same game on both systems, but you just kind of have a little more of a, a dumbed-down version on the Game Boy. But they're basically almost the same games. And I would have, if there were a Genesis version, I would have bumped up the difficulty a little bit, because the Game Gear game is not that hard. There aren't a ton of enemies, really, that are around, and they're easy to beat. Like, you throw one bomb at them, and they're their toast Mm. and even the boss fights like some of them are a little challenging but 
I just kind of found myself getting through the game fairly easily. And I remember as a kid playing this and I wasn't a fan of it because I think the kid in me was expecting a Sonic style game. Yeah. But as an adult, it makes more sense because of who the Tails character is. Now, I mentioned the items. There is a downside to that. And that's that you can only hold four items at a time in your inventory. If you want to get a new item or equip it, let's say if you like you have four items equipped and you find one in an area, you have to exit the level, go to Tails' workshop, find your inventory, and then replace the items you don't want with the ones that you do. That sounds like a pain. Oh, it is. <laughs> Especially if you have a full inventory and you find an item that will help you immediately in that level. Yeah. You got to exit uh, and then go back in the level and go back to where you were. That is such a pain in the butt. <sighs> Speaking of pains in the butt, our friend the password system is in this game. Oh, great. We haven't talked about the password system in a while. Oh, so get this. So when you go to the password screen, there's it's not just like a straightforward thing. You see the there are 16 squares on the screen in four rows of four. You have to go through each individual square and put in the letter or number and then move to the next one and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. Oh. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hate I hate the password system in general, but this might be my least favorite use of the password Just system. You describing it's that? I hate it. <laughs> and what were you saying? Just you describing that gave me a headache. Imagine playing it. it it's it, it's I don't understand it because we had developed the ability to be able to save a game by this point. This is 1995. I don't care that it's for a handheld. I know. Like it's it's not an excuse at this point. And and how expensive can those little tiny batteries be? They can't be that expensive to put in no. to be able to have a save system. There there's no. no excuse for any game after 1987. Once <laughs> once uh, Legend of Zelda came out with a with the save feature using a you know a watch battery basically. There's no excuse for for password systems after that point. No, no, there's really not. Especially 1995. Like, what do you, we have personal computers at this point that are that are running, you know, CD-ROM games, and you're still running password systems. What are you doing, Sega? You could say that about Nintendo too. Oh yeah, both of time because there were still Super Nintendo games that used the password <sighs> system. That oh, I, nothing irks me more than the password system. I'll send you a picture of what the the password screen looks like, <laughs> and it's it's gonna cause you more physical pain. Uh uh-uh. uh, I don't I don't want it. <laughs> okay, so maybe I won't do it. Then. <laughs> but um, as far as the graphics go, it's a pretty good looking game. You know, I think for a handheld console that was put out in the mid nineties. The colors are bright. There's a decent amount of detail. Um, the music is okay. It's nothing really special. It's really more about, like you mentioned, they're just little jingles that kind of repeat over and over. There, there's a couple that I'll find myself, you know, moving my head a little bit, but for the most part, it's just kind of, it's there. It's almost like a placeholder in yeah. a way. Like I've heard much worse, but for a franchise that, you know, it's music and soundtracks are like a staple. That's pretty lacking yeah, in this I, game, too. Because I was looking on YouTube for the soundtrack. I found the soundtrack, and like most of the tracks are like less than 20 seconds long. Yeah, and they all just repeat. Yeah. Over and over. That's called being lazy. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it is called being lazy. The funny thing about this game, too, is that it's been re-released several times. It was on the, um, let's see, it was first re-released through Sonic Adventure DX in 2003, which was the re-released Dreamcast game for the GameCube. And then later in the Sonic Gems collection, it's also in Sonic Origins Plus, 
which recently came out. Um, it was on the 3DS eShop, which is where I played it. Um, so it, for a game that has been looked at as mediocre for the most part, it's been re-released quite a few times, which is quite surprising to me. Yeah. But um, as far as the reception goes, uh, critics felt Tales Adventure was too similar to other platform games and its slow pace made it weaker than other Sonic offerings. Uh, Famitsu felt it lacked any surprising elements and was disappointed with it was much more standard than other Sonic games. The thing I'll say to that is it's a different style of game. Mm. Like, I don't think you can really compare it to the gameplay of Sonic, even though it takes place in the same universe. Yeah, It's meant to be a different type of game. Uh, mean Machine Sega agreed, calling it decidedly unoriginal, and but believed secret areas and a steep learning curve made it interesting enough to continue playing. Um, Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it a 7.75 out of 10, Famitsu a 19 out of 40, GamePro a 15.5 out of 20. So, I, what I would to be say... an average sort of C-grade game. Yeah, and... and I'll say as far as closing, it's not as bad of a game as I remember, because as I mentioned earlier, I was expecting a Sonic style game mm. and it wasn't that. But in going back and playing it as an adult, it's not as bad as I remember it. Yeah. It's not great, but it's not completely awful. But it also feels from what I've heard, what I've heard you describe it and what, I, what I'm seeing here, especially some of the screenshots here. Just seems like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree with something you said earlier. I think Tails was popular enough of a character because he was featured in the cartoon series. Mm-hmm. He had his own spin-off miniseries in the, the Archie comics. I can't remember if that was before or after this game, but Tails was a popular character, and I think it would have been worth the gamble because Sonic was such a hot commodity at that time. Yeah. If it didn't work, then you just don't make any more Tails-centric games. Yeah, exactly. So I'm with you. I think this game would have been better on the Genesis, and, and had they been able to dive a little more into the gameplay, like you mentioned with maybe building different objects or maybe you find pieces of a machine in the various levels. Then you take them back to your workshop and you build like your submarine or you build, you know, some type of laser or a gun that will help you or make the game a lot easier. Yeah. That I think would have been the, the right way to go. But I will say if you're a fan of the Metroidvania style of gameplay, I think it's worth at least checking out if you played it when it came out in the 90s you can probably skip out because it's not really going to offer anything new and i think this game was probably a victim of you know if you go back and look at the, all those old gaming documentaries and stuff about this era especially of sega like sega of america and sega of japan were just not <clears throat> seeing eye to eye on anything so this could have been a victim of that as well uh, because of when it came out, 1995. Like, it, it, with Sega, the, that's the reason Sega had was their downfall. Is like le- the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing at Sega at this point. Mm-hmm. So they, re- I so, think they really did miss out on an opportunity here. I, I feel like this probably could have been a really classic uh, Sega Genesis game if they would have just put some meat on the bone and, and made it, uh, you know, an adventure game. For the Sega mm-hmm. Genesis with Tails. Like, they just really yeah. missed an opportunity here. Yeah. No, I think you're right. But as far as a number score, I'm not going to give it like a like a two or a three. I, I will be generous, and I will say I will give it a solid five. I think it is very middle of the road. Mm. Not a terrible game, but one that is not really that memorable either. Yeah, it seems to be where a lot of the games we played lately are starting to land right in that middle middle ground. Well, I will say in my defense, I was expecting to give this game like a 3. Cuz I did not like this game at all as a kid. But in going back and playing it, it's not that bad. Yeah. 
I'll probably never play it, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sometimes why we do these reviews. Yep. And uh, as far as next week goes, I'll let everybody know. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and review um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the NES, because I, I was looking for some games to review and just kind of going through through you know my ROMs and looking at stuff and seeing what I what I wanted to review stuff I haven't really looked at before and kind of landed on Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it's one of those games that I've heard nothing but bad things about. So I figured I'd pop it in. How bad can it be? Well, we're gonna find out next week how bad this game can be. So be prepared for a rant next Monday. I'll be waiting with bated breath. So, uh, but, uh, and Derek might not be here next week. We'll, we'll know later in the week, but if he's not, we will have a, uh, a replacement for Derek. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll, uh, there, so there's a lot of moving parts in my schedule for next week that, uh, also might interfere with the, um, the return of a certain show that I host. Hmm. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll keep everyone posted. I hope to know by like Thursday or Friday. Long story short, uh, my wife and I are interviewing with a um, a local marketing firm for a video editing job, and we don't know when the interview is exactly going to be because their office is closed this week. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll yeah. We'll keep you guys posted, especially if you're in the Discord with us. We'll we'll let everybody know what's going yeah. on over there. But uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Derek, what is going on over at the Derek Diamond Experience? So uh, this week I released the conversation I had with Mr. Vernon Wells that I recorded for the feature presentation podcast. If you don't know who Vernon Wells is, he played Wes in The Road Warrior and was also the villain in Commando. Uh, most notably known for playing villainous roles and to me as probably the best villain actor of all time. So it was really cool to, you know, go back and revisit that episode. And it was one that, you know, you, you told me I, when I started podcasting that I'd get to interview him, I'd laugh in your face. <laughs> so yeah, check that out on the Derek diamond experience audio feed. The show for sure will be returning in two weeks, but I met <laughs> depending on how the moving parts align. I might have a, uh, a nice little bonus episode for everybody next week that oh, will be new. Awesome. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a voice actor that has ties to both animation and uh, video games. You know, I found out something heartbreaking <clears throat> yesterday about Vernon Wells. His character in commando is not wearing chain mail. If you look closely now that we have HD televisions, you can see that it's just crochet. It's not chain mail. If I ever get to interview him again, I'm not going to have the heart to call him out on it. <sighs> that broke my well, heart. Well, and look at when we did the Batman 89 commentary and we were watching that on HD. <laughs> He's it, got it, Nikes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see the Joker's face before he comes out of the shadow. Yeah. Oh, damn HD. I know. Ruin all of our classics. <laughs> Go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week, we talked with a comedian, Mr. Sam Miller from Washington, who is, uh, is an up rising star in the uh, comedy uh, circuit. And uh, the dude's going to be famous. So we got him before he's famous. Go check out. That was a really good interview we had with him. And, um, yeah, go check it out at OpenMikers, OpenMikers.com, and that's where you find it. So, Derek, is that everything for this week? Do we got anything else we need to throw out there? I forgot to mention, if you want to follow the Derek Diamond Experience, Linktree.com slash Podcast. Yes. That's where you can find everything. But that's going to do it for this week. I'm going to play our music here. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. 
NerdCaveRetro.com is our link tree. That includes our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, our Patreon, and our merch shop, which you can also get to using ncrmerch.com, where you can get t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. Follow us on social media at NerdCaveRetro, at JFunktastic, at Derek underscore Diamond, and of course, please leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. And Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. I have spoken. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.